this is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for you, dear creative business owner, if you want to do better marketing and sell more. I'm Helen Perry, your host. I'm also trying to do those things. And this is the mentor episode with one of the only people I know who's guaranteed to give you stone cold good advice straight from the hip. We're going to be talking about marketing, teaching and memberships. Somebody once said to me, when you build a farm, you have to keep feeding the animals, which is a horrible way to put it, but it's so true. And people get very hungry. They get very used to you and your teaching style. And it can become... What I'm saying is it's not for everyone. You have to really be committed and you have to be able to show up. You have to have the energy and the time. Janet Murray teaches content marketing and launch strategy, but without any bullshit six, seven or eight figure promises. Eight figures. She and I are in the same space and there's space here for us all. Come and join us. Although she's miles further down the road, having started out as a journalist, then became a PR expert and author She's got a membership program now and sells a wildly popular content planner. I think it's the only one that's big enough for everyone's scribbles and has hundreds and hundreds of podcast episodes under her belt. Jan and I go back a little way because I worked in one of her group programs for a short time. I don't really do that kind of thing, but Jan has told me what I needed to hear very clearly on a couple of occasions. Send emails, Helen, and just start selling the bloody course. We chat about the trickiness of teaching, about managing our hopes and dreams when online coaching so often suggests there's a golden and easy way to make money, about her ADHD diagnosis, her feelings, and mostly about managing expectations, which allows us to be kinder to ourselves and others, I think. I started by asking Jan who she goes to for advice and support about work. I I am empathetic and sympathetic and what have you, but I'm also just a doer and I'm not a coach, I'm a teacher. I, I always say that I'm not a qualified coach. I have thought about it, but I don't want to be. I'm a teacher and people come to me to be taught stuff and I just, yeah, I, I, think, I find the group programme thing quite frustrating personally because if I've got a problem with something, I would just want to speak to an expert and I just want all of the airtime, you know, to solve my problem. And, uh, and I do enjoy, I've, I've, I've been, I've, you know, I do, I do enjoy masterminding and I do enjoy problem solving with other people, but I would prefer to kind of go off and do that for a day or something rather than kind of be part of a group where you have to sit there and listen to everyone else and some of it's, interesting and helpful but some of it's not you know yeah do you know what it's really quite a relief to hear from you that you're not like behind the scenes working with some ultimate guru because I've only worked with a couple in in, you know my relatively short kind of business journey for going on five years I've only I worked with you for a while and I worked with at the very beginning a lovely coach called Stephanie Smith I really needed that at the time but since then I've not I've, I've sort of looked from time to time but not found anybody I connect with and maybe it's okay to just do do it <laughs> do it on your own and get on with it and observe what observe what's going on around you draw from books or podcasts or friendships or whatever it might be but maybe you don't 
have to have somebody who you've who's decided they are super amazing at this thing and are going to charge you tens of thousands of pounds to help you out maybe yeah I would rather just hire (laughs) hire specialists in you know like if you there's something you're trying to implement in your business and it's not your specialist area I would rather pay somebody five thousand pounds or whatever to come in and and work with me and my team to implement and we learn along the way rather than pay for someone to coach coach me and I don't need people to check in with me like I'm very self-motivated I don't need I don't need to kick up the backside or, or whatever so I think that's why some people work with coaches as well they need accountability I, I need no accountability whatsoever so it feels like it would be a waste for me know yourself and, and and trust yourself right then so we both work with lots of people who would like to do in various ways what we do which is earn money by selling product online what you've hinted at it when you made that point about like I had to start selling the thing that people wanted to buy from me how do people start to make money in this way what is key Okay, so first off, readjust your expectations. You are not going to make six or seven figures overnight. Like, just accept that. My first course sold 13. I was devastated because I had been following some guru who had this magic formula. And I hadn't, you know, I'm an intelligent person, I think, but I hadn't clicked about the obvious, which was that somebody who already has a multi-million pound business, a seven-figure business or multi-seven-figure eight figure is all the rage now isn't it and is many years further along in their journey I am not going to get the same results as them and not just because I don't have the same size audience but because there is a lot to it and I am not as experienced as them just as you know in whatever profession you are you know somebody who's in their first year is probably not going to be as good as someone in their eighth or tenth year and all the stuff you see about six and seven seven figure businesses overnight I don't even think there are exceptions really behind the scenes somebody will have worked very hard so I'm working with a group at the moment and it's a 90-day course launch program and we are just taking it step by step and they just keep saying to me, I didn't realise there was so much to it. I didn't realise there was so much to it. So there is good news. So first of all, readjust your expectations. So, But first of all, you don't need fancy stuff. So you don't need fancy email marketing software. If you've got it, great, use it. You don't even need a website. Again, if you've got it, great, use it. But you you can start today you could create a digital product and start selling it today like you don't need fancy stuff what's important is that you have something people actually want to buy and solves a problem for them and you you will probably only sell a handful to for the first time you do it but the experience of selling it you you will learn and each time you will you will get better so don't give up the day job and I always talk about putting your fire out first. I, I've actually recently created this content kit, a business basics content kit, because I started getting clients coming to me who'd spent thousands on coaching programs who did not have a client and did not know how to get a client. And I don't know if you've ever been freelance, Helen, but because I was a freelance journalist, I just knew how to get work because I had to. So I knew how to pitch myself. I knew how to think about how to reach out to people. And, you know, I sort of worked it along, worked it out. But I was literally getting people coming to me wanting to sign up for my course launch program who didn't have any clients. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Whatever it is that you're doing in your business... You, if you haven't been able to sell it to somebody one-to-one, if you can't get one person to buy it from you and to pay you for a power hour or a short course of coaching, you will not be able to sell it. Uh, you, you need to test it. And you, you, you know, you can't just 
just go out there and sell something that you think is interesting yeah decide decide yes I know it's 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 very difficult when I uh, when I come across somebody who's who's got something and the universe has not given them any signs at all that it is something that people want to buy from them and that's you know it's market research in a very basic way like what what is it that that you've got that people will pay money for do that first even if it's not exactly what you want to do and actually do you know what you could find a lot of happiness doing the thing that you didn't think was what you wanted to do because it's really satisfying when people do want what you've got that's lovely you know yeah exactly and the the example I gave before about me selling you know press uh, consultancy or whatever or selling how to get press coverage I did not want to do it however I did find pleasure in it I wrote a book called your press release is breaking my heart Uh, and and it was my way it was my my way of approaching it but I I Everybody wants to know, just to use that as an example, everyone wants to know how to write a press release. That is not how you get press coverage. But that's that's people's entry point. So instead of trying to sell people the solution, which is what a lot of people do, so instead of saying, okay, well, you don't need press release training, what you need to know is this, this and this, which just makes people feel overwhelmed and like, okay, sell them the how to do a press release. And then when you've got them in front of you, teach them what they really need, but sell it to them in the way that 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 people the language they're talking the way that they're talking about it and then then you can you can show them that there's another there's another way but I think I think one of the problems as well is that people get very stuck on what they want to teach rather than what people want to learn so I see it really heartbreakingly people would just um you know flog it's like flogging a dead horse they'll be trying to sell this course or program about something really I mean, I'm li- really literal and really, <laughs> I don't know if it's journalism or other things, but I'm just really literal. And if I don't get the transfer, you know, the transformation or, or, or what, how somebody's going to benefit, I'm just like, I don't really understand why someone would buy that because, and, and people will be trying to buy these airy, fairy, floaty, coachy type things where it's like, well, what is that? And how would that help me? How will I be changed from buying that? You know, it's just rubbish. You know, this all comes back to what you're saying about it. It's really hard. It's really hard to describe the benefit of your product often like it's really difficult stuff and actually perhaps something that you need to be working on over years before you really do a perfect job of summing it up don't you think I I, I feel like I'm getting better at it all the time yeah I think that that might be one of my special abilities maybe I don't know as being a journalist if I can cut through it and I can just go that's what it is and I think if you can't articulate that and that's maybe where you need to invest in your coaching but you know because to have someone tell you like this is the benefit because I think when you start out often it's just so much to it as well you know there's copywriting there's writing sales pages or email marketing there's like there's so much to take on board but none of that it's, it's not even worth going there until you can articulate this you know I, I get my clients I have a template for it to write a quick offer um and it's a, literally a fill in the gaps thing uh which has a, li- a word limit on it because until you can articulate why someone would spend that money on it and it's got to be painful as well and like you say people will say well people will feel happier in themselves well you know people don't buy coaching because they want to feel happier in themselves they buy coaching because they're desperate you know because you know sometimes they can't even articulate what the problem is if you can put it into words for them and that involves like you mentioned earlier market research talking to people um it might that's might be where you invest in you know a coach who can help you really nail what that what your that thing is but I feel like there's a lot of people out there trying to sell it's like they're trying to sell thin air or you know it's like the emperor's new clothes and and then they and and they just 
keep going keep coming back with the same thing the other thing I think people do as well with coaching is is so they may have had an epiphany so they might have invested in some coaching or whatever and it's given them a personal epiphany that's helped them to leave a job or a marriage or you know change their life or whatever so they're absolutely desperate to give other people that same transformation that they had regardless of whether people actually want that transformation themselves so they're like but this happened to me like everyone else should want this but you're you and you're an individual and unfortunately the way that business works is that there's got to be a critical mass of people who want that same transformation so so with things like you know I want to have more followers on Instagram or I want more engagement on Instagram that's quite tangible and I think the problem with coaching is that it can be more difficult to make it tangible but I, I do think it's possible but you, you it does take a bit of work to dig it out I think does is that making any sense yeah it, it's all big stuff and I um I was sort of reflecting on what you were saying about re- taking responsibility quite often I think because all of this stuff is hard and audience growth is hard and getting your message out there is hard I find that a lot of people are becoming they you'll be frustrated with the platform or you'll be frustrated with the person that you paid for training with or you'll be frustrated with the customer for not understanding that what you've got to sell is awesome but actually we've got to take on all that heavy lifting it is up to us to make it really clear why what we are selling is worth buying it's not it's not down to the customer to kind of do half the work and work out what it is and why it's so great so I'm really into the concept of not complaining about Instagram when it changes something or not complaining about the fact that that email didn't get opened by as many people as I hoped it would or I'm not selling as many of this particular course or program as I would have liked to like it's nobody else's fault (laughs) it's I I want to do this job. I I want to earn this money. I want to be able to keep doing the work that I enjoy. And you've got to take full responsibility for it yourself. I think for me, when I look at the clients I've worked with, like yourself, who have gone on to really achieve what they wanted to achieve, it, it does come back to personal responsibility. And unfortunately, again, I'm not a coach, I'm a teacher. So it's really difficult for me to kind of put my finger on what it is but and and, and also I, I wonder whether some of us are naturally I think I've got quite a growth mindset and I naturally take responsibility I don't know why but I just naturally whereas I think I come across people who've got quite fixed mindsets they will just insist that it's external so for example even in my team like we'll have conversations about something and they'll say well it's because it's the school holidays or well it's because of this and I'm just like no yes that you know there are things that change we were talking about this before we got on the call there are external things and economic things but there's always something about what you've done or what you haven't done and you know every email I look at every email I look at the subject header I look at the clicks I look at where I know it's my responsibility and I and I know that ultimately I can sit there complaining about something being wrong with active campaign or the Instagram algorithm or whatever but ultimately I I can change some of it I I can maybe change a lot of it but there's rarely anything that is just is completely external um to, to to you and I do think that's the biggest indicator of success whether somebody can take personal responsibility but also it kind of works the other way around as well because I think a lot of people when they do invest in coaching the reason they get disappointed is because they expect their coach to be some kind of like magic person who knows everything and and I see myself as a teacher you know there's good practice there's things that work for most people but part of what you're doing with somebody is you're 
you're using your experience to diagnose the problem and to come up with solutions and then they go off and try them and come back and then you talk about what's happened. I think sometimes people invest in coaching or teaching and they expect their teacher to have all the answers. And you've got to remember when you've finished your 12 weeks or whatever with with that person, you've got to be able to go and make decisions by yourself. You've got to problem solve. You've got to diagnose problems. You've got to try and fix problems. I still make mistakes all the time and and I have to fix them. And, you know, I'm not going to blame the coach I worked with, you know, six years ago for not giving me the answer then. And also things are changing all the time as well. So if you're not able to go well, okay, that worked last time, but it's not working now. I wonder what's going on and then try and fix it. So I do think also that some, the sort of over-reliance on on coaching and coaches to have that magic answer, it almost kind of infantilizes people and it turns them into like, sort of like babies or like, I, I can't, I can't do anything unless my coach says that I have to do it. So I, I think that, the, the relationship can be a little bit messed up as well and um, I mean part of you as a coach is you know the teacher is setting expectations and and you know I think I've got a lot better at that over the years and um, but I've certainly been very I've been hurt you know personally hurt at times by people who have questioned me and questioned my coaching and my teaching or or you know I, I over deliver like I there's no doubt about it I over deliver I I people please I I, I definitely I'm not somebody who under who under gives to my clients, but you know I've had clients come back and say, you know, you uh, this has happened and it's your fault, and I'm like, well, no, it isn't, you know. So I, I think the whole relationship can be really tricky as well because people are bring. This is the other thing. when someone comes to you as a coach or teacher, they are bringing years of baggage. It's like a relationship, and you don't know what's happened before. You know, they're, they're bringing all of their previous experiences, good and bad, and, and you're just kind of jumping into that for 12 weeks or whatever. And, you know, sometimes what comes up can be a bit messy. And it's tough, you know. I've had the benefit of working with a particularly good coach. And I also know coaches who, who don't work in the public space at all. They're not, you know, it's not, they're not about Instagram. They're working with people in business often and things like that. And I know that, you know, actually all that a really talented coach can promise you is to help you find in you the right way forward for you because there just is no roadmap for any of this stuff and you can get about like 48% of it wrong along the way and still move forward and still be successful but you know if you work with somebody looking for a plan looking for like a bullet point plan that's not that's actually not that's not how it works. Here's an interesting thing someone said to me recently uh, I have these very interesting conversations with people in their inbox and somebody was asking about signing up to my, one of my programs and she said do you have a proven strategy and I said well my strategy is proven but you're not proven <laughs> and I said so I, I know that I've had x number of clients that have followed my advice and have had good results but I don't know anything about you I don't know whether you're going to implement I don't know whether you're going to listen to what I say I don't know whether you're going to completely ignore it I don't know what you're bringing to the table so my bit's proven but yours isn't but but I think sometimes this is you know this this is kind of really weird thing where people are expecting me to say oh yes 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 you know it's completely proven and, and I'm like well I don't know what you're going to do I know what I'm going to do I'm going to turn up I'm going to deliver this stuff and I'm going to you know and I have helped this many people but I also don't know if it's going to work with you because I don't know what's going to happen none of us know what's going to happen so you can either invest in this based on the information I've given you and take responsibility for that or you can't I sound that makes me sound a bit harsh but do do you know what I mean (laughs) 
I think it's worth hearing. People could save themselves a lot of money for bouncing from course to course to course to course to course. Anyway, I want to talk about memberships because, you know, that we differ on that. You run a membership program. It's a lot of responsibility, as I think we've probably just been indicating working with people all the time. Um, and you are working with people all the time. You get no break from it running a membership program. I tried to um, change this a little bit this year. So I, I've had a membership for quite a few years now and it is very personally tiring. Well, it depends on the kind of person you are. I am an overgiver and I always give, I've always been the same. I always give loads more. And I think underneath I must have some issues, like people pleasing issues or whatever, but I always give more than I probably have the energy to do. So it is a lot of work because if you are, you know, if you've got integrity, you, you want to show up for people and you don't want people to buy your membership and then never see or hear from you again. But I got into the state about a year or so ago where I, it was during lockdown, actually. I was teaching practically every day live programs and then people get really dependent on you and then they get upset when you say, actually, I'm taking a break this month and I'm not teaching live because I really need to get my energy back. And so I tried to sort of change the format a little bit this year I said, right, I'm going to really focus just on my content planner, which we haven't talked about. It's been sort of an accidental thing that's been a big part of my business. And I'm going to build, rebuild my membership around, um, just around content planning and creation. And I had this thing where I was having clients leaving me and saying, you're not the same anymore. And like, you know, because they want me to turn up every day of the week and teach and, 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 and teach things that maybe I'm not even an expert in because they like my type style of teaching. But I was just exhausted. And so, oh, you know, I've outgrown you or you're not relevant or it's not the same. And, and that's hurtful. And, you know, it's because it, you know where you're going and you know where you're taking things, but they don't know. So I, I've changed it to a, a different sort of format, which is more about co-working. So um, we have these like get it planned, get it done sessions where we do annual, quarterly, monthly planning. But of course, what happens is you start doing something that's working really well and other, other people see you doing the same thing. I, you know it's just, it's just a bit annoying. it's a bit annoying because because I, you know I'd always be encouraging people to innovate like if you see somebody doing something how can I do that better not how can I do the same but how can I take that thing that's working well and do it better so um but anyway but quite by accident as it happens with my business all the time I there's this question that I've been trying to solve and business is all about solving problems isn't it that, you know for years and years so I created this content planner um which is a an A4 desk planner it's beautiful looking it's got um awareness days in it key dates whatever um really lovely and it's about it's about fifth or sixth year now so it's improved all the time but people just kept asking me the same question which was I just want somebody to tell me what to post where and when and I I have a template for everything basically and I didn't realize it but as a professional writer I just have anything you ask me to write oh I've got a template for that because I've written so many things before people used to really like my templates for writing sales pages and email marketing emails and things like that so I thought well what can I do that gets me as close as as close as I possibly can to just tell me what to do where and when so I started creating almost like fill in the gap social media posts for different things Um, I started creating fill in the gap scripts for Instagram reels and TikToks and that actually really helped people because and Helen I'm sure you'd back me up on this but part of the problem is just the blank page isn't it it's just it's just you know the curse of blinking if someone gives you some fill in the gaps bit and then so so I start oh, no but that's like when you were saying that you're I can sum up what what the benefit is I think I think ideas is not my that's not I, I sometimes find that hard to relate to with my the people I'm teaching because I I can always think of something to 
post. But you're right. It's really good to listen to what people are repeatedly asking for and then doing, <laughs> then do it, even if you don't have a problem with it yourself, like, hold on, light bulb, everybody else does. So I need to deliver what they need, not what, not what I want to deliver them. Exactly. So I started creating these like, you know, TikTok and real, um, real scripts and, and seeing people take it and it just get them to pick up their camera and record the video or do you know and, and, and create stuff and be really happy about it and this is the thing it's just why you've just got to launch it because you I realized that actually I was bringing out content that was at a higher level than my customers were so I'm going to re I'm going to rejig that and and um kind of make it into a kind of a level one and level two thing um but then I started I, I've, I've launched a kit this year business basics so just stuff like you know how to reach out to someone you might like to work with for a one-to-one like how to follow up how to book in a discovery call I realized that people weren't doing this stuff because they didn't know what to write I've uh, got an email lead magnet kit now and so it's taken me a little bit of testing and tweaking which you have to do um, but content kits, it's it's the way it's a way forward. I, I've got the format right now, so I've got each kit has a, an audio training, which has it's less than an hour to work through. It has all of these templates, and we've got some Canva templates in there as well. Um, and that's what I'm doing with my membership. So we are moving to more self study. Um, so there's still some live classes, there's still me showing up, but it's a different model. And I think that's the thing with memberships, to come back to what you asked ages ago, uh, was um, you can set the agenda for your membership. A membership doesn't have to have any of you. It can be a subscription or it can be a, you know, it, 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 it can be, you know, you show up as much or as little as you, you want to and suits your energy levels. And there's lots of ways of having a membership. You know, like Netflix is a membership, isn't it? Um, and, you know, the person who runs that doesn't physically have to turn up and do it. It's it's about solving your customers and clients' problems. So I think a membership, somebody once said to me, is that if when you build a funnel, you have to keep feeding the animals, which is a horrible way to put it, but it's so true. And people get very hungry. They get very used to used to you and your teaching style. And it can become, it. what I'm saying is it's not for everyone. Um, and I think that... Um, you have to really be committed and you have to be able to show up. You have to have the energy and the time. You know, we haven't talked about this, but women often have caring responsibilities and not just for kids, but for, for parents and stuff like that. You know, it's us that get lumb- lumbered in the nicest possible way with looking after older parents and that kind of thing. And, and, and so we have to think about whether we can fit this around our lifestyle and whether it works, really. So that's my very long-winded answer to the membership thing. Uh, finally, before we go, I did just want to touch on something um, that I know that's happened in your life in the past year or so is that you got an ADHD diagnosis. How did that come about and how has that affected the way you work or the way you think about yourself, maybe? I've actually had a, another assessment. And I've got a sort of dual diagnosis now, which I can tell you <laughs> tell you about in a second. Um, but I, I, I always just felt a little bit different than everybody else. And I just felt like I had a, a just like a almost like a low level of unhappiness all the time and I've never had any clinically diagnosed depression or anxiety or anything um so obviously not bad enough to send me off to 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 kind of get help with it but just this low level of unhappiness and dissatisfaction and and just feeling like I didn't fit anywhere and sort of not not problems with friendship I don't have any problem making friends but maybe keeping friends because I get very uh, tied up in what I'm doing and forget forget people exist and and um and, and also 
conflicts to a certain extent which we can touch on um, in a second but um so I just had this feeling of of just not quite fitting in with everybody and I can't really remember how it came about and I used to talk to my mum about it a lot like what's wrong with me why am I not like other people and, and, and I was really obsessive about stuff so you know like building the kind of business I've built I think it does take a level of obsession you know I've always overworked I've gone through like periods of just overworking working working and then getting burnt out like I've been getting burnt out since I was a kid uh, because I just could never I could never manage my time properly so I always think that I could do more in the time that I had so I started to look into it and I can't remember how it came about but I remember reading some stuff about ADHD and just like oh my god and of course I had this idea because I used to be a teacher as well that ADHD was all kids like bouncing off the walls and little boys and whatever and I started to look into it and actually it presents differently in women and all of that so I got this diagnosis a couple of years ago and it's really interesting because you know I sort of wrote about it on social media and I wouldn't ever share anything personal there's lots of things I would never ever share in a million years but I felt comfortable to share it and thought it might be helpful to share it to other people so I was quite open about it and did a podcast on it and since then, honestly, if I was on commission for, for, for diagnosis, I've had so many other women um, who've come to me and, and said that they've been diagnosed as a result. So I guess it's helped to know it and it's helped to know why I've had some of the difficulties that I've had in life and you know, why I'm so obsessive and such an overworker and whatever. Um, and, but there was something that was not quite um, fitting for me, even about ADHD. And I've actually... Um, I was prescribed medication and it's amazing like because you you've had like all these years where your mind's all over the place all the time all the time it's it can be quite difficult to focus although when you start you can't stop it's hyper focus um and then when I um so I got this medication it's like someone switching a light on it's just amazing and I was very reluctant to take it and now I'm like oh my god that's how other people's minds must just be calm all the time and then there was a sort of part of it that wasn't quite I haven't really talked about this because I was actually quite upset I was, I was more worried about upsetting my parents really but I have told them now but I just felt there was something not quite fitting about it and I remember talking to a friend about it when I was diagnosed and saying like oh and some people have high functioning autism as well but I haven't got that and then um, something happened last year in my personal life where I ended up in a conflict about a personal thing and I just couldn't let this thing go and I was right I was totally right but I couldn't I have this really strong sense of justice and fairness, which is probably really influences some of the decisions I make in my business. And and it caused me so much stress, this, this situation. And I know somebody else would have walked away. And I remember I was so upset. I had a terrible end, back end of last year because I was so upset about this thing that was going on and various things. And I was like, what, what, why is it that I cannot leave this thing, even though it's causing me immense stress and upset because I'm just but it's right <laughs> and when I was a journalist I used to get when I was an editor so I used to stand in for an editor at the Guardian um even though when people meet me they probably would find me very friendly and very affable I used to get in trouble all the time with writers not in trouble but people used to get very annoyed with my feedback because I would just be like okay so um you've done this Please, uh, thanks for that. I need you to change this, this, and this. And um, and then people would come back and they'd argue with me and they'd be this whole thing. And in my mind, it was like, well, you writer, me editor, like you write thing, <laughs> and I and I I edit it. And um, because I was used to working that way myself, so I was like, oh, somebody tells me to change it. You're the editor, okay, that's fine. And but it was causing, it used to cause a lot of conflict. And I remember thinking, what's wrong with people? Like, why are they? 
why, why are they getting so upset about this feedback so long story short I started to suspect that I might also have level one autism as well because of these particular things and I it, it runs in the family and um, I started to look into it and at first I was like no 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 but there was this these couple of areas which I thought I don't think that's ex- explained by um, ADHD so I had recently I had a, a, an assessment for that and it turns out I've got level one autism as well which would have been Asperger's in the day so so I'm just kind of getting my head around that and like just like with the ADHD every other day I'm like oh no I haven't really got it I can't possibly really have it and then something happens and I'm like oh yeah but with autism I think one of the things is about communication and relationships and and, and whatever and I am known for being very very direct I'm not lacking in empathy or sympathy or whatever but I am very direct and I didn't realize how direct that was so it's been a bit so it's like another new thing to learn and I, I think it it explains a lot and you know just a small change I've started making is like when I'm working with clients now I often will say to them or anyone really I just want to warn you before that I am really direct and so my feedback might come across as a bit harsh or blunt or direct it, it's I, I'm trying to help you it's just the way that I communicate and that even that small thing in itself has made a big difference so anyway that's just a lot that I've just thrown at you there but I know I think it's fascinating that is a whole is a whole nother podcast series probably I think there's just there's a you know I see a lot of people going um along this kind of discovery journey with themselves at at this kind of like later point in their life you know it's something we very much associate with kids at school but I see and women in particular who have never maybe normally considered that this this might be something that's part of them um, and I think it's fascinating and I feel sure that probably off the back of just talking about it on this podcast you'll get more of those messages from people going ah oh, I've investigated this as a result of hearing it and you know self, self-knowledge is helpful like you say just those little techniques of, of being able to sort of set people's expectations of you differently can make such a difference it's sad in a way really because because I think I think I felt my my whole life I felt misunderstood and I'm very very emotionally sensitive but I had I've had to learn to really toughen up like from a child I've had to really be had a heart quite a hard shell because you have to and there is a real sadness about it though because it's like well all those people who probably really misunderstood me and maybe still have a bit of, <laughs> have a, bit of a grudge against me as a journalist I learned it's it's like a role you just switch into your journalism I'm not particularly sociable but when I'm doing my journalism thing I just click into it and I just play the role and and I think that's what a lot of women do with neurodiversity but I do every every second day I'm like oh no I can't really have it I think I've made that up and or, you know or somebody will say oh you don't see you know it, it it's uncomfortable but I, I can't think of anything else to explain how I you know have felt for such such a long time it it, it fits Thank you, Jan. Um, I'm going to maybe get some recommendations from you to put in my show notes around, you know, people that somebody might want to go to or groups if they feel that this might be something that's um, that's been affecting them in their life. Thank you so much for your time. Fascinating. And thank you for your honesty as well. Thank you. So choose your advisors wisely. And if you want to sell something online, make sure you've got some evidence that people want to buy it. I know it's boring advice, but it'll save you a world of heartache. And be able to say what you sell. Making people feel happier 
dear coaches is just not a thing. I'm going to do a live workshop on this. How to say what you sell. Coming soon. This is nearly the end of season four. We're packaging up a little summer treat for you while we're on the break. But for now, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.